Welcome to Kick Ons, the pop culture after party for people who need just a little bit more. We're two friends, Jason and Steph, and we aren't ready to sleep on all things pop culture. Welcome to Kick Ons, because the party's not over. The night is young, no we're not done, party back at ours, everybody's welcome to the kick-ons, you're welcome. Welcome to Kick-ons, the pop culture after party for people who want just a little more. Kia ora. Kia ora, kia ora, kia ora, kia ora queen. Kia ora queens. Um... Do you think it's fair to say that we've um, stalked and coerced our guests today into appearing on this podcast? Before we actually got here, um, I was sitting in the car. My car's called Pamela, for all of those who don't know. uh, She looks exactly like my dead gran, whose name was also Pamela, so that's why we called her that. Um, And I was like, God, how did we meet the first time? Because in my mind, I've like seen this person quite a lot before (laughs) we chatted so I couldn't actually remember how we came to like go from stalker to (laughs) best friends yeah I guess (laughs) yeah I know and then I said I'm sure we it was maybe welcome to nowhere because I feel like the merch was there yeah but we definitely had a conversation about the merch before ever meeting okay so that wasn't as a trio, and it's was which like, we're known as now. It was. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's embroidered as opposed to screen printed. So remember, we talked about this at Welcome to Nowhere. Well, uh, honestly, there are conversations I had at Welcome to Nowhere that I thought happened, and I'm pretty sure didn't. So Steph walked into a huge <laughs> blackberry bush. Oh, that's right. So yeah, yeah that so, was our welcome to nowhere experience. But it was peachy keen, we think, where we really were like, yeah, on one and decided to chat. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, yeah, I think that's when it was. Yeah, I was feeling really brave that day. <laughs> <laughs> well, good because you were on stage in front of a lot of people, so thank oh, God you felt brave. I know, I know. Yeah. But um, really glad we did introduce ourselves. Yes. Yeah, the distance was shrunk. And we're now sitting in a fabulous studio. Yeah. Where the magic happens. It actually is kind of amazing in your eh? There are a lot of gadgets. And artwork. And too. the skirting, might I add, now Gorgeous. that we're like fully into the block this year. Really, really beautiful. Embossed, even? Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Hand, hand embossed. Yeah. Gorgeous. Well, I'm going to tell you about our guest today before we bring him in. Oh No No is the expansive project of performer and producer John O'Not. After touring internationally as the drummer for Kiwi Fave's Broods, John O was snapped up to tour with other Kiwi Fave Robinson. He's also one of the members of local favourites Hans Puckett and has somehow also had time to write, record and produce Oh No No's debut full-length album, Set to tour the country very soon. Stay tuned for tour dates. Welcome to Kick Ons, John O'Not. Jonah. Yeah. How does it feel to finally be here? <laughs> a long time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get accosted a lot in public? Um, not at all. Ever. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Apart from this one time at this festival called yeah. Gucci King. <laughs> Is that where we first met? Is that official? I think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Did you play at Welcome to Nowhere? 
Yes, yeah. but I, uh, it was a flying visit for me. Okay. I was in Christchurch the day before with Brutes. Oh. And then I had to get a really early f- flight and then drive from Wellington. Yeah, how did that even happen? I got up very early. Wow. Oh, because it's in Wanganui, of yes. course. Yeah. Fly Christchurch, Wellington, drive to Wanganui. I got wow. there with time to spare, so that was great. Did you stay? Yes. Ah, oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, definitely couldn't drive after that. No, yeah, <laughs> neither. <laughs> yeah, summer festival circuit. Is that what you were up to? Um, we were playing with Six Sixty actually in in Christchurch. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, oh Hackney Park with Sir Dave Dobbin. Oh, how was that? Did he my cry? mower as well? They were great. Oh, um, Dave Dobbin was great. Yeah. Exactly what you would expect. Yeah. And that's what we want from our Dobbins. Yeah. <laughs> He's got some really good chat. Um, amazing stage presence, of course. He's had years to fine-tune that. Um, but he just gives you exactly what you want. Yeah. And I think that's what people are expecting when they see yeah. him. Yeah. The hits and also some chat about, like, his life. Yeah. Yeah. And some really good, like, puns about the song, lads. Uh-huh. I'm trying to remember there's one specifically, but... It really got you. Did uh, it? I remembered it, but not well enough to be able to recite it again. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. Was it awkward that Dave Dobbin is clearly the most famous, but probably was like not the top of the bill? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I-, I wonder how he feels about that. I feel like he's just stoked to still be going. Oh, yeah. and he's happy to like lift other people up. Yeah, he's keeping it so real. Like their 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 setup um, is like it makes everyone look like they're just brought way too much stuff with them <laughs> just like <laughs> keeping it so simple and like just put on such a great show it's like why do we even need to be here like <laughs> oh he's streamlined it he's streamlined yeah. it you've obviously been around like some famous people in your time luckily enough to to be to be mm-hmm. um in some rooms with some people thanks to my cousins a lot of the time i think mm-hmm. we've had some really cool times um on tour hanging out opening for some cool people um, it's always a fun night off every now and then and you end up at some bar with some, some friends who happen to be friends with someone else, you know? Yeah. So, um, that's quite cool. But I would get so intimidated. I guess you kind of, do you get over that feeling of intimidation when you're just like, this is my life right now? I think for, for those people, it's like that all they want to do is be treated like a normal person as well. And so for the mm. most part, you know, yeah. there are some people who love it. <laughs> good yeah. on them. Yeah. But um I think they respond people like that in those situations respond to just being talked to like another person as well. Okay. And so that's quite nice. Yeah. And I hope that if I was ever in that situation people and you, would talk to me like that. You have been. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah, it's all good. We're riding the wave. Yeah, we're on the list. Yeah. (laughs) So coming from a musical family, Mm. did was that like a thing you guys did when you're all younger, or has music come later? Um, Definitely, um, definitely a big part of our lives when we were growing up. I think Um, my dad is one of eight, and we've got all those brothers and sisters he has. All my aunties and uncles have had at least three to four kids. Whoa. And me and my sister like the smallest um, group of offspring, I guess. But um, a good chunk of them are musicians as well. And we're all around the same kind of age. And so um, aunties and uncles are all musical. And then um, us as cousins living between Nelson and Blenheim, um, we're playing 
uh, lots of music together and um, seeing each other play lots and sort of pushing each other along, which was quite cool. But different paths as well. Like I ended up playing a lot of rock music and a lot of jazz as well, and my cousins ended up playing like a lot of pop and almost sort of folk sort of vibe, I think, indie indie folk. But um, we all kind of arrived in a similar place now, which is quite cool. And I think it's because we've been influenced by each other to varying degrees, which is quite cool. (laughs) That is cool. It must make for some epic Christmas gatherings. Yeah. Well, it's funny because this seems like a lot of pressure to, to perform in that situation, and it doesn't actually happen as much as you would imagine. True. Well, like, put on a family Christmas spectacular. <laughs> yeah, except the musical. Oh, my God. Christmas the musical. Whoa. <laughs> but um, I'm sure it will happen um, in some way, shape, or form at some stage. <laughs> okay. Okay. You heard it here first. <laughs> so your cousins are broods, we should say. I don't know if yes. we made that obvious. So when they started out, were they just like, hey, come drum with us? Were you always involved? Um, no, I was actually... Um, I was a third drummer. I am the third drummer that they've had. Whoa. Um, they had a friend of ours called um, Jimmy Mateo, um, and he was the original drummer for the touring band um, for the first few years, and then there's another guy called Joel Farland from Australia. Um, and then I, at the time I was still studying at Massey, so I was midway through my fine arts degree, and then um, kind of awesome timing I was like finished my degree just as they were like oh we need a new drummer so mm. are you keen I was like of course <laughs> yeah no. and then we went to North America for some festivals and that was really cool yeah I think like the second gig I played with them was at Lollapalooza that was pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> oh was like, boy we're playing like early on in the day which is which is like for, for me at the time big deal but um, now that I've sort of seen you know, like all these different um, lineups and different situations. It's it's actually quite a nice time to be able to play because then you can relax afterwards and actually you get to see all the bands that you wanted to see as well. Yeah. yeah. How does it feel to play in front of that many people? There's probably only like three hundred people there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you, know how like, wow. you say oh, I played a lot of Palooza. Yeah. yeah like, probably played bigger gigs here in Wellington, yeah. <laughs> which is fine. You know, it's like yeah. The best part about playing those big gigs is like actually just being there and like experiencing the festival from a, like a very privileged, lucky um, perspective as well. Experience, you know, like we you get really well looked after usually, and you kind of go anywhere you want and within reason. Wow, yeah. you're on the A list for one night yeah. only. That's it. <laughs> don't don't fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> you can swear. <laughs> oh my you can swear. <laughs> and then, so, how long was that for? Um, or I guess it's still kind so of yeah, it's happening. Yeah, till present, I guess. They've sort of been on and off with uh, touring and obviously with the the world and the and the way it is at the moment. It's it's been pretty quiet, but um, yeah, we had some really some really um, busy times, especially in the states, touring lots there and in. Um, Australia and New Zealand, a couple of trips to um, Asia and to Europe, which was real fun. But um, yeah, they've been ba- they've been based in the states a long time, and I used to spend a lot of time over there. Sometimes for like, uh, I went there once for like two months because we had a bunch of festivals um, in the weekends, and so I was just, oh, I'm gonna go there for 
the whole time. And basically, the money I earned playing for them there just paid for my trip, which is really cool. Yeah. But in the meantime, it, um, I was hanging out um, in the studio at Caleb and George's house where they were, and I ended up writing a bunch of songs, which actually ended up on this record. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah I was just going to ask, like, how do you even find time to uh, make Oh No No's music mm. when you... The nature of someone it, else, yeah. yeah. The nature of that um, is like it's it's like a, it's on for like a month and a half, like six weeks of solid work or whatever, and the tour is done, and then you get paid a lump a lump sum or whatever, and you're like, all right, cool, I'm gonna live off this for a bit. Hard went to like have a full time job and like consistent work when you're constantly finding out oh, I've got a tour in like a month time and I've got a go away for like six weeks you know yeah mm. and then like oh, okay well you're obviously unavailable but um in doing that like it was regular enough that I could just focus on writing music when I wasn't touring which is awesome yeah cool and so I just like would would come back from a tour and just just jam at Do home you... and all my all my flatmates were at work yeah <laughs> the music that you ended up writing do you feel like it was influenced by I guess kind of the craziness that was like six weeks of touring I think so yeah I think um, there's parts of that kind of lifestyle that um, that I can sort of relate to in themes in the music um, I think um, the first body of work that I released with this project was kind of quite a different thing and I was playing a lot more like rock music playing mm. this band called Red Sky Blues and, and I was playing with Hans Bucket at the time um, so it was kind of like this sort of big washy rock guitar-y record and then now just like playing lots more with my cousins with this like really fun um, well thought out but from the heart pop music has kind of influenced um, this record that I've made now I think Cool, would you mm. listening to the record um, which comes out on, would you say the 2nd? Mm. On the 2nd of July mm-hmm. <laughs> So um, that'll be available to stream everywhere. Yeah, I think so. Gorgeous. I, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> that's the, the plan. Everyone's done their jobs correctly. Listening to it early, I felt like you were playing a lot more with your voice, mm. which was really uh, interesting and incredible to listen to. Mm. How did uh, you using all those vocal layers and um I guess using your voice as a real instrument Mm. how did that come about I think it was just um it was a combination of playing more gigs and singing more I think and becoming more confident as a vocalist and then also as from a producer perspective trying to figure out how to actually make my voice sound cool or the way that I would didn't mind listening to it you know what I mean it was like oh is that how it sounds but then yeah, trying to trying to make it work and, and then actually just being okay with it not being a perfect pop vocal or whatever. Like, trying mm-hmm. to think about, like, Blood Orange, for example, where it's just this really raw, but, like, you can't stop listening to every detail of it, um, sort of vocal takes and mm-hmm. other sounds in the background, like he's recording with the window open and there's, like, Brooklyn or New, New York apartment, that kind of thing, like... Um, just letting it be what it is and, and not trying to polish it too much, I guess. And I think I got, I, I was, um, definitely found a, a cool way to work, work with that and work it into the songs. And it became a lot more of a feature, I think. Yeah, totally. And the last, the last record was like, 
It was just another instrument in the mix. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I um, feel like when you are experimenting like that, and I guess because you do it all by yourself, is that true? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> How do you get to a point where you're like, okay, this one is done now? <laughs> <laughs> When it's like four years later, and like, yeah, I'd probably let someone else deal with this. Now. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a, um, it's real, it's, there's pros and cons to that working by yourself, I think. Like, you don't have to compete creatively with other ideas, which is sometimes, I've, I've never found it to be an issue really working in other groups, but um, for this particular project, I've really enjoyed just. Um, doing it my own time and figuring stuff out by myself and then um, also having these ideas that fit together like different parts that sort of interlock and when you're working in a group there's different sort of compromises you make with parts and it becomes something completely different and for the most part better you know Mm. almost always and then for myself like trying to do that myself was a quite a fun a fun challenge but yeah definitely um (laughs) I thought about like emailing myself as like as if I was my my own professor and being like, all right, you've got an extension for two weeks, but after that, that's it. So we can give you like, just have some sort of dialogue where it can, I'm like, okay, I've got to pass this paper. So yeah, get it I've done. I've got to just get it handed. Yeah, I never, never got to that point, but it's a good yeah. idea. Yeah, it is a good idea. Be your own professor. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have like a particular process when you're writing, or does it all just like slowly happen? Yeah, I mean, it usually, um, it's usually the case where I'm working on one song and I, I'm trying to like work out this part and then I'll just get distracted with some something about it and then it will become a, a, a new idea for a different song and so I just drop that while I'm listening, that I'm working on and then jump into a new idea and a lot of the songs kind of come about like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, we'll just, I'll just come up with one particular part and then start building around that, I think. I'm not really um, the kind of writer who will write, sit down, write a song on the piano or the um, guitar, and um, write like the melody and the whole the whole form of the song and all the lyrics. Mm. That usually tends to come at the very end for me. I'll, I'll write a backing track for myself and then yeah, <laughs> and try fit the um, fit some sort of lyric around that, you know, like some some story or just some sort of theme I guess and yeah it's somehow without thinking about it too much sort of starts to lock in and fit together um yeah sometimes for the most part yeah. <laughs> not always there's definitely um listening to it it sounds like the sound is really cohesive from begin. I mean it definitely starts somewhere and finishes in a different place but mm. it takes you on a journey to get to that place and it feels cohesive and right correct <laughs> Would you say that there is like a theme through the story that you are trying to tell with this album, especially if you are just writing and like going on tangents and then coming back to it at the end? Um, I was I was typing out the lyrics to submit to um, for for like the metadata or whatever. Mm-hmm. For Your professor, for yeah, yeah. <laughs> professor was like, just before the deadline yeah, <laughs> like to show my work in progress yeah. <laughs> um, but I just saw a lot of like you and me and I and like talking about it was almost like I was talking to someone else and I I think that it's like a, a kind of talking to the mirror in a lot of ways I think but um, some of the themes are, I, I think it's a lot about like 
these hypothetical situations that you could find yourself in, like um, different interpersonal relationships, whether it be like a romantic relationship or some sort of friendship or the feeling of like having to rely on someone else or someone else relying on you. But I guess it's just, in, within that, I guess it's just about other people. Yeah, and connection. yourself and connection, yeah. And it seems like a pretty broad stroke, but I think that's, I mean, a lot of people write about that and it seems to work. And yeah, it wasn't really something that I was, I didn't have in my mind a particular thing that I felt like I really needed to, to say or, or mm. write about it, just kind of came to be that way, which I quite, I quite like that about it. Like, I listen to, I listen to music I don't really listen to the it takes me a long time to click what they're actually singing about or what, what the mm, lyrics are like your producer yeah. brain is like yeah. where is that sound coming from what is that who mixed this it sounds <laughs> incredible <laughs> or well maybe turn his hi-hats down no yeah <laughs> but yeah I think um, I kind of like the idea as well that people can um, make what they want from it as well yeah. and it can mean um something different to each individual like it's in this sort of area where it's talking about relatable things but nothing so specific that you're like i couldn't relate to that mm. you know because i don't know jeffrey yeah <laughs> yeah legit <laughs> i guess as well like this you do you make a lot of the music in this room that we're in now yeah yeah a lot of it and when I listened to it, I was like, this is screaming to be played live. Mm. Yeah. Which, d- is that something you consider when you're writing? Definitely more so with this um, record, yeah. I think most of the songs had already been written before I formed this current band mm. and with this current situation, but um, the band came to be because of the songs, I think. Mm-hmm. And what I had learned from playing with um, broods and this sort of scale of the production and what you could actually achieve with these additional sort of te- technologies, you know, like um, playback systems and um, just like MIDI controls and things like that. Um, swap those in for a couple of guitars instead, you know. So um, I think um, it's definitely I want I'm wanting it to sound huge. Like when you play it live, it's going to sound like a it would sound it would translate well on a big stage if that yeah. was ever to be the case, you know. <laughs> um, and even in a small, um, loud room, it would sound cool. But it's, I want it to be epic, you know. Yeah, it will be. <laughs> yeah. So epic. Yeah. How did how did this like iteration of Oh No No come to be? Or was it just like having chats and jams and trying to see if it worked? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I've known Sam Notman, who who plays drums, um, for quite a while. We actually met at a, like a jazz workshop, and we were in seventh form. Back was at Massey, where the jazz school used to be. So years ago, um, and we've sort of kept in, ch- in touch over the years, but seen a lot more of each other recently. I was like, love you to play drums in this band, um, and he had some su- suggestions for other people. He said Caitlin would be a great. Um, Person to play. Yeah, we do. (laughs) So, um, and she was more than keen to to get on board with that. And they both also suggested their friend Leo Cogini, who's um, definitely hands down one of the best keyboard players I've ever seen, um, and hands down one of the busiest people I've ever met (laughs) in the music scene. And same with all of them. It's like uh, they're all such 
incredible musicians and they're in super hot demand and so mm-hmm. um it's a blessing and a curse at the same time sometimes it can be quite difficult to Schedule. get everyone in the, yeah. in the right room and yeah we've tried to organize our calendars as best as we can um but yeah it's awesome that they are um s- such a in-demand musicians totally at least you know when you get in the room it's like everyone knows what they're up to and exactly. that it's gonna work in a yeah. few hours or whatever when we do when we do um get up and, and play the songs and and it comes together it's like um i think it comes across really well cool and, and i mean you can kind of just let, let um sam and leo go sometimes they're just uh, amazing virtuoso musicians you know Ooh, Shredders. Like Shredders. <laughs> and Caitlin and I just holding it down, you know, keeping it real. Which is nice. <laughs> also shredding in your yeah, own way. Yeah. Totally. Less is more, I think, for me. <laughs> <laughs> so what can people expect from I guess seeing Oh No No Live apart from the shredding? Um I think uh, a good way to describe the live experience is um I want it to be like an epic sort of cinematic um show i think we're still working on a lot of the sort of visual side of it i think personally i've been i've been focused a lot on the how it sounds and trying to finish the songs and get them sounding right and and then i think it's very suited to something uh like having some sort of amazing lighting show which we Mm. have had in the past with some some friends and i think yeah just trying to lean into that and make it a real memorable experience yeah but yeah i think um we've we've got a lot of gear now so it's quite hard to do like we haven't really yeah, done a tour, a van? i think we're gonna have to yeah, yeah. yeah but it gets expensive to fly sometimes with the yeah kind of stuff but that's all part of it i think it's like you want to do the show that you that you've wanted to do for ages and i guess you just have to wear it totally but yeah it's, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun so I feel like all your graphics and everything as well are really like thought out and all telling a really particular story mm. that matches the music. Yeah. I think it's similar to like the the concept of the album like it's relatable and um accessible but you're not sure exactly. It seems like familiar but you haven't you're not, you're not mm. sure where you've seen it before kind of thing. But um yeah, I have I have my friend um, Caleb Sirkin to thank for a lot of the um, visual side of it because he's a, a great designer and um, I live with him as well and um, and yeah he he's um, he's taken the album art and the single art and we've worked lots on uh, shoots and things like that but yeah great designer and um, he he gets it as well as a musician mm. and a drummer so that was um, that was nice to have someone there also. Just to like listen to the songs and tell me, yeah, it sounds good, or what about that? But like, he'd be honest with me as well, which is hugely um, valuable, I think, when I've just been sitting there listening to the song for so long. You you need a fresh set of ears that you can kind of trust that they're going to tell you honestly what what it sounds like. Yeah. Mm, That's so cool. It must be so interesting for you having seen like the full scale of what our music industry in New Zealand can produce, i.e. broods, and Mm. then go to, like, gigs around Wellington that are on a way lesser scale and just, Mm. like, everyone's killing it. Yeah. I think there's there's something to be said about, um, like, those those bigger gigs can be really, really epic and amazing, just the sheer um, scale of them. 
but then being in a, a smaller, more intimate room with um, some equally talented musicians who uh, aren't getting paid at all, you know, sometimes mm. can be just as amazing and, and even more um, impactful, you know. Yeah. So it's like, um, it's real humbling still being part of like the smaller music scene in a place like Wellington particularly, and then also being able to, you know, take things from that out into the to, into touring and, and also bringing things back into into that. I think it's, um, in a pre- I'm in a pretty lucky uh, position to be able to do that mm, for, yeah, for a job. Totally. I mean, for me, I've seen more local music this year than I have in my entire life. And I, mm. I do wonder if COVID has something to do with that, like, because no one's really coming in so i'm seeing so much new zealand music and it's truly been like the greatest experience Mm. i think over that lockdown period a lot of people had that that good long hard look at at, at themselves like, i'm finally gonna start that band or you know like i'll need to play some more shows or yeah i'm gonna quit my job (laughs) or have a baby or have lots of babies yeah yeah. (laughs) But um, yeah, I think it's it's awesome the fact that um, there's been a lot of support for New Zealand bands and artists and musical acts to 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 pursue what they wanted to pursue or, or play more shows and put on more events and things like that. Um, obviously, we were super lucky to be able to mm-hmm. get into that sooner than a lot of other people. But um, yeah, I think the the sort of situation with funding and things like that and how they've really tried to put it back into the domestic market. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really great. And you're paying, like, you could see five to six gigs for the price you were paying for, like, one international yeah. gig. Yeah, and there's lots of people there because there's nothing else to do. Yeah. Especially after lockdown, everyone was super keen to, to go to anything and you've got a guaranteed crowd. But then it became really hard to book gigs because all the gigs that were yeah. going to happen over that period all got pushed back and level three kept happening true true and just like venues being booked out for ages yeah crazy yeah yeah some of them not not always making it through but um also that um the ones that did with the new venue funding and things like that the new venue grants a lot of them got um a much needed upgrade Mm. and Mm. now they're just i've heard some of the places we're gonna hit on this spot uh, on this tour um are just sounding awesome and are really great spots to play now. Have, are you playing places that you haven't been to before? Um, yes, a couple of places. Woo. Yeah, We're going to be playing in Napier, which I haven't played there oh, yeah. before. I'm a Hawke's Bay gal. Oh, nice. <laughs> I was like about to say man. I was like... Discoveries. Where in Napier are you playing? We're playing at the Paisley Stage. Okay, gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, so cool. I've heard great things about that venue. Yeah, very um, cool. I've seen some awesome photos and it looks cool. So, um, yeah, that'll be really fun. And we're also playing in Littleton at uh, the Loons, cool. which is a, a newer spot, I think. It's opened up, but um, had some friends who have been through there already, and they said that it's been a really nice time. Great sounding room, so that's really exciting. That's so cool. Mm. Maybe I should say the, the places now and the dates now. Yeah. Yeah. So, Friday the 2nd of July, Blenheim, hometown. Yeah. How's that going to be? Huge. <laughs> it's going to be great. I mean, it's my family pretty much. Well, with, with, with eight like, siblings. Yeah, probably from, sold out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Saturday the 3rd here in Wellington at San Fran. Yes. Yeah. Friday. Huge. Yeah. Oh my god, huge. It's going to be great. <laughs> huge. Friday the 9th, Dunedin. Saturday the 10th in Christchurch or Littleton. Mm. Um, Friday the 16th in Palmy. Yeah. Also huge. Yeah. Friday the 23rd, Napier, and Saturday the 24th at Whammy Bar in Auckland. Yeah. You're going to be busy. That's like back to back. That's yeah. so exciting. Yeah, it's, it's the biggest biggest tour we would have done as a band, so that's really cool. Yeah. It is cool. Yeah. Oh, and tickets from um, Vanished Music. Yeah. .co.nz. We've had the... Um, Instagram. We've had the pleasure of working with our friend Gussie Larkin from uh, Mermaidens mm-hmm. and Earth Tongue, and she's been um, doing a great job at booking the whole tour for us so um yeah it's been nice to be able to just focus on finishing the record yeah <laughs> and then have someone else look after the sort of the back end of it you know because there's so many benefits to being like an independent artist mm. but then there's also the admin that comes yeah. along with it and i'm sure that can like take away sometimes from what you're trying to do on yeah. stage yeah i think Either that or um, I just end up focusing just on the music and then we get to the gig and I haven't got any merch or, yeah. <laughs> you know, or like, yeah. oh, I haven't organised a lighting guy or, you know, something like that. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh my God, I haven't had time to embroider anything. Yeah. Oh, they were embroidered, right? Correct. Yeah. Yes. I wonder who I was talking to that. Uh, it could have been me. <laughs> <laughs> the brains were there at... Um, welcome to nowhere, but not all the way there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, shall we get into something, your life at the party, something that you're feeling like vibes about, <laughs> it's keeping you going through these winter months. Yeah. I've been um, watching a lot of how to make furniture videos. There's this one particular guy from Korea. Love it. Called DK. And he makes... Some really cool stuff out of just plywood. And I guess it's uh, quite a niche sort of thing, but um, I've been watching a lot of that and learning a lot, actually, and being very inspired. Have you put anything into practice? I have. (gasps) What did you make? (laughs) 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 He made this thing. It's basically like a a straight edge sort of cradle for your saw, so you can cut straight edges with a, a circular saw. And I've been doing lots of sort of um, joinery construction, low-key construction stuff um, on the side. And um, that was actually super helpful. Wow. <laughs> so, so it's, it's like he's fun. making like... Tools for his tools. Things. Wow. So yeah. he's not making like random decals or... Um, I mean, he, he makes... He's got this really cool workshop. I, get, I, I assume it's in Seoul. And... Um, he just makes all these awesome storage solutions and it's all out of um, plywood and he's got all these sponsorships from all these tools. I just kind of Oh my wanna, God, I love it. I kind of just want to quit music and do, do what he does. Yeah. So like, <laughs> wow. I'd totally just like... Um, Go train with him. He could teach you everything he knows. Yeah, I'm going to have to learn Korean. Easy. I actually watched Duolingo. a documentary today about on Vice on YouTube um, about a K-pop boy band who were all American and so they moved to Korea and learnt Korean and they still learn Korean and it was like a question about whether it was like cultural appropriation or not but I don't know if K-pop itself is like part of the culture 
Oh, I feel like it really is. Yeah, now it is, but it's not like oh, heritage culture or right. anything. It's so, not traditional. Like, no, because yeah, yeah. it's literally just pop music mm. that Korean people in Korean, you know? Yeah. But anyway, so they learned Korean. I was like, whoa, that is so amazing that they could be adults and learn a language. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. On the theme of Korea, actually, or the Korean Peninsula, <laughs> to broaden it, Lily from um, Mermaidens uh, recommended a podcast, which is another... Um, yes. Could be another life of the party for me right now, but um, obsessively listen to that. Uh, it's called The Lazarus Heist, and it's kind of just talking about how North Korea makes its money. <gasps> and oh, uh, yes. talking about how this is like a group of hackers, or like... Basically, yeah, uh, a group of hackers that work for the um, the North Korean government. regime, yeah. regime and yeah. um, f- from abroad, and have like attacked or, or targeted like uh, Sony Pictures in LA, for example. And, Is that and, when that massive hack happened like years ago? Yeah, yeah, <gasps> yeah in like, 2014 or something. Yeah, like Vanessa that. Hudgens. Yeah, yeah, all this, <laughs> dra- all this drama, like, holding them ransom and. and money made from that I don't know exactly how much money they made there but they also like hacked into the the bank of Bangladesh and like stole a bunch of money but anyway spoiler alert I've just basically told you the whole story anyway nah. it's a really interesting podcast oh my gosh and uh, we listened to pretty much the whole thing on a 10 hour drive to Auckland <laughs> uh, <laughs> listening to it. a podcast on a drive has changed long distance driving yeah for the whole world extremely engaged the whole time yeah, yeah. legit because it's like I do love listening to music but there's only really so much you can listen to over like 10 hours before mm. you it's all the same you've used up all your data Yes, <laughs> yes. All, all, you've played all your downloaded albums. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> More likely that and then you're like, I don't want to listen to that free album that you two gave the whole world like <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> so. Oh my god, the only thing that's downloaded. Yeah. yeah. Or it's like Adele's, because Adele made 25, you had to buy it, yeah, right? Yeah, you had to buy it. So, yeah, I mean, my iTunes, kind of it literally has 20, Pure Heroin, Adele's 25, and um, Lemonade. Oh, oh, does have lemonade? Oh, yeah. yeah, no. And Zoe, do you remember Zoe, the New yes, Zealand pop queen who opened for Katy Perry, "Heartbroken Heartbeat"? Yeah, oh, Broken Machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I have that album downloaded, so <laughs> wow. it's free for my ten-hour journey. True. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, but podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Is where it's at, we hear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is there anything that is like getting you down? You're not vibing with recently. It's peaked too soon for you at the party. Um. Well, I think I've been trying to focus on the good things too much, so I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. But maybe it's just a cop out. No, nah. that's good. Everyone's like, "God, I'm so happy right now. I'm so happy. Everything's going so well. It's um, it's common. So don't." Don't yeah. feel any sort of way about no. it. Yeah. I think that ultimately it's a good thing. Yeah. Well, you guys are releasing out yeah. and going on tour, boy. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Wow. Let's say the mantra then. Okay. Oh, actually, I oh. do have one thing. Oh. It's just another mantra. really... mantra. No. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. <laughs> I guess it's to do with popular culture, and I'm sure some other listeners could... could uh, Sympathize, empathize. I'm not sure of the right word, yeah. correct word, mm-hmm. but when you um, Chromecast things from Spotify or um, from SoundCloud, and then Chromecast does this really annoying compression and it makes the song sound really weird. Oh, really? Wow. That um, I guess 
fits into the scope of this. And it 100% it, does. It really irks me. Yeah. We here at Kick On's Pod are actually um, Apple TV people. Ah. So mm. I don't think we have that same problem. I've there never experienced that. Are you getting paid by Apple to say that? <sighs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. But um, I always wonder, because Chromecasts are like 50 bucks or whatever. It's yeah. an absolute bargain yeah. to be able to play yeah. whatever you want on your big screen. Yeah. yeah. What you pay for. But yeah, there are some drawbacks apparently. <laughs> that would give me the shit so hard. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's obviously not designed to, uh, to listen to music on the same way. I mean, yeah, surely, I mean, most sure, of it's, it's 2021. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. And this TV is probably five years old you know yeah I'm guess probably older than that you know? we need the headphones experience at all times that is yeah. so yeah. true yeah. oh my god. it might actually just be our TV <laughs> yeah, everyone right. I'm like, can't relate. Yeah. And this is the official launch of a GoFundMe campaign yeah. for new television. Old one's free to a good home. <laughs> Check out Wild Bay. Yeah. So good. Okay, mantra? Yeah. 2001 to 2008, there ain't a song that we hate. Jono, this is the time where we take a second to really glamorize a time in music that we believe was just iconic it was iconic to us mm. 2001 yeah. to 2008 or thereabouts and we add songs to a playlist We'd which love you can you follow on spotify and you can chromecast it and yes. the quality will be less but the songs will <laughs> still be as good yeah. yeah okay well i heard this song the other day um on a sort of nostalgic uh, reflective uh, mm-hmm. drive through the Mount Vic Tunnel. Wow. <laughs> Home after some dinner in town. Were you beeping? I'm, an, I'm, an, I'm not a beeper. Okay. <gasps> okay. Tell we'll, us a song and then we'll discuss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to talk to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to say It's important. That. It's really important. Yeah, yeah. This song is um, by The Cause. Oh. And so I think it might actually be a little bit pre-2001. Doesn't matter. But it's, it reminds me of that same era of my childhood Growing up, it actually reminds me of shopping at New World with my mum. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah, There's some songs that you hear in there, that, and, and it's like, you're in New World again later, and you're like, man. Or you hear that song, you're like, I'm in New World right now. I close my eyes, I'm in, I'm the, well, I'm in the deli. You in. I'm in the deli section. The song is called, I just have to remember the, I think it's, What can I do to make you love me? me. Yeah, oh, that was it, wasn't it? Oh no, what, oh no, that's two different songs. Oh yeah, what can I do to make you feel? Yeah, what can yeah. I do? What can I do? What can I do? Forty million. Forty million streams. New world listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just crazy. New yeah, that's forty million mums and sons. Well, yeah. it's not even that many behind Runaway, which I would argue is. I like, thought you were going to pick songs. songs. Well, no. What's interesting is that. These songs would have all been uploaded at the same time to Spotify. Oh, true. I was say. Yeah. So it's like they would have had an even um, playing field from the oh get go. Oh my god, cause, cause when, on Spotify, let's go. When the cause uploads a song, do they get playlisted? 
immediately. <laughs> yeah, Even if the song's 20 years old. Come up on my old. release radar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Music Friday. And honestly, there are, some, there are some kids out there who they, they have no memory of listening to the cause and New World with their mum. I know. You know? Yeah. It's so sad. Well, these songs definitely um, will be living... Um, another life on on like uh, the 90s throwback playlists yes. or things like that you know like there's so many of those the breeze yeah yeah, yeah. the sound oh my god the you kind of are from the cause New Zealand's cause in a way yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you yeah. can tell me that since we that that's a huge compliment oh my god I mean it I mean it <laughs> there's just no flautist right was there a, oh violinist uh, yeah well actually yeah, I don't know. I feel like there was no definitely a definitely a fiddler. Fiddler yeah. <laughs> being Irish, yes. Oh yeah, my god. But, um, but yes, of course. I was also listening to um, "Runaway." I oh, think yeah. it might be my new karaoke song. Oh, That's a great karaoke song. Yeah. Because everyone actually knows it. Even if you're like, oh, I'm not sure, and you listen to it like. Yeah. yeah, every single word. Every word. Yeah. Isn't it just amazing how your brain knows every single word to the causes discography? And like, yeah, it's incredible. I cannot remember a single thing about what I did yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> the brain so is a, an amazing uh, muscle. Yes, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. It really is. Yeah. Okay, so quick. Return. Yeah. Well, why why are you not a beeper in the tunnel? I think um, every time I've been in the tunnel, everyone else has been beeping. I don't need to add to the noise. But also, I've had friends who, in the past, have lived in Hatai and worked in town, and they're walking through the tunnel, and um, it just makes makes for a really unpleasant walk when yeah. there's just people wow, obnoxiously beeping the whole time. I'm an obnoxious beeper. I've only ever thought about it from the ghost's point of view, yeah. not pedestrians. Yeah, well, that's why I remember seeing Phillips. that article in the, in the paper, right? Yeah. yeah. Which came out around the time where that guy pooped at the entrance of the tunnel, right? I didn't know that, know that one. story. Was, uh, that's, the, that's when I heard about the ghost. <laughs> There's a guy who pooped. Like a chronic pooper? Or... No, I think he was oh. wasted. Oh. And like, he, they closed off traffic. And what, I don't, I, what I don't understand is that like, what? dogs like, poop on the, yeah. the sidewalk all the time. The owners don't pick it up. Sure, Maybe it's like... it was like, he, it was happening in the moment. They needed to like, shut it down so that <laughs> they could move him. <laughs> <laughs> I think it must have been late at night. I, can, I think it was a, it was a, a poop and run. Yeah, you, you wouldn't want to stay around for that. But how they know who it was? I think he, got, he must have gone trouble. I reckon he went to stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's like, seen the pictures. Yeah. The I Guys, put me on the list. I've pooped in the tunnel. <laughs> me and Phyllis are equally as famous. Oh my god. Okay, no, that oh. makes a lot of sense as to why you don't too. I thought it was maybe going to be because you're a musician and you couldn't handle like the unrhythmic nature of all the toots. Yeah, it makes me. Sp- Speed uncontrollably. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I think yeah, I think um, I think I mean people are gonna too. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. But, um, all you can do, you know, is is just look, make your own decisions and uh, not to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Do not to. Shit, I've yeah. never thought about mo- like I often am like I'd love to live in Hatai, but that's a big 
like reason to not live in Hatai. Yeah, all the shit in the tunnel. Yeah. yeah. People just blasting past you on a flamingo. Blasting the cores. On a flamingo. Oh, flamingo. Yeah, <laughs> God. Just like constantly. Is it, either someone's tooting at you or someone's ringing a bell at you. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, move out of the way. I am not a bell ringer on a scooter. If I'm choosing to take a scooter, I'm not like going to fucking ding someone to get out of my way i will get off that scooter and i will walk <laughs> if I need to. i'm so sorry that, you're the minority for sure uh, that bell i just think it's too rude yeah. yeah but good though with people with headphones these days yeah you need them the bell yeah are you a, you're not even a scooter no i prefer the e-bikes yeah <laughs> but they don't exist in wellington right no not in the city you could probably yeah. e-bike out to littleton Probably, yeah. yeah for your With gear. For your gear on the I wonder if people toot in that tunnel. I no, don't think Christchurch no. people would, would toot, no. It would just turn into a fight. It's not nearly me. as long. Though. Actually, I don't, I don't know. We'll find out soon. Yeah. You will. You will. <laughs> so good. Because you're going on tour soon. Um... We'll, all through the country yeah we will post the dates um, and ticket links in uh, our show notes yes um, so that and you and the album comes out on the day that the tour starts yeah what a big day it's going to be a big day and that's the show in Blenheim so yeah. wow wow and then the next one's in Wellington oh my god I'll be the only one who knows every lyric <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, well, that guy's a super fan. Whoa. That gal, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that man. That man's a super fan. <laughs> well, we can't wait. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, literally any time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Follow Oh No No on Instagram. Underscore dot. Oh No No. That's the one. Dot underscore. Symmetry, right? Yeah. It's a palindrome. you got to keep that theme running. Oh, yeah. It is a palindrome. Wow. I like it. Wow. Cool. Follow at Kick On Spot on Instagram. Um, If you liked what you heard, or even if you don't, go to wherever you listen to your podcast and click follow. Leave us a comment. Um, Caleb and Georgia, if you're still listening, give us a message. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.